0: Hey, what's up, y'all? It is Will here at Schedule Fly, and for the I don't know how many times it's been now, but uh, but it's been quite a few. Karen Hoskin from Montana Distillers out in Crested Butte, one of my favorite customers, one of my favorite uh, businesses, one of my favorite places now to go that I've actually been there. So, uh, Karen, thank you very much once again.
1: You bet. I think this is our fourth interview, which I'm feeling very honored by the fact that you would want to talk to me that many times.
0: <laughs> oh, I love talking to you. I love talking to you. And you know, I've actually, and I've started to, to I've started to kind of go back to the well a good amount because, um, with with people we interview, because it's interesting to me, and I hopefully to our listeners, and I it's so so far it sure seems to have been, but it's interesting to me to hear the ongoing story you know where we were where we are what's happening and my goodness in particular right now because you know when, I mean gosh you and I sat down and talked in February right and we talked about very different things than we talked about like a few weeks later after COVID hit and things seem to be changing so quickly now and they're changing quickly um in different ways in different parts of the country and it's in, in different parts of the industry, whether you serve food or don't serve food. So it's been such a fluid, fast paced, fast changing environment that it's, it's helping me just kind of gauge like what's really going on out there and you know, what's going on in different parts of the world. Cause I can tell you the, the it, is, it is very disparate what's happening in certain places versus what's happening in others.
1: That's so true. It's so true. There's no playbook because, you know, we're all just getting kind of jerked around on different chains. and It's like, whoa, okay, running forward this way, going back that way. It's, you know, there's not one day on which I feel like I know exactly what to expect, which you don't really realize that can be kind of exhausting uh, in a different way.
0: It's good in small doses, but it's not good on a daily, ongoing, you know, seemingly unending grind, I think. Um, You need a break from that.
1: Right. Yeah, so vacation. I was thinking, (laughs) gosh, why do I feel like I need a vacation so badly? And I thought, because I haven't had one since last November. So that makes sense.
0: Well, so how's business?
1: Business is actually kind of booming, which I'm almost embarrassed to say because I know so many of my restaurant and bar and distillery colleagues are not all, you know, feeling the same wind in their sails that I am. I just happen to have some some benefits right now. Um, Living in Colorado, which Colorado has I think because of our really strong leadership on the part of our governor, I think we've done better than many states um, because also people are so focused on being outside. And then also because the weather's been so good. We've just had really good weather this spring and early summer. And um, so all of our outdoor seating can be full. We have more seating outdoors than we've ever had because of some collaborations with the town government. And so I feel very privileged and, you know, benefited by where I am and the circumstances around my company. There are a few other things I can talk about, too, on more the wholesale side, um, you know, that we have benefited from. But I we are ba- barely keeping up at the moment. And if you walked outside my door right now into Crested Butte proper, you would realize that... Other than people wearing masks, this does not feel very different from any other July.
0: Mm. How was the July fourth parade? I remember hearing how awesome that typically is.
1: We didn't have one. Okay. Um we you know, you would have thought that we would have had a really slow day because usually there are ten thousand people in downtown Crest Butte for the um for the Fourth of July parade, but we didn't have one this year. So they did a number of different things. Um, each business kind of designated themselves as a as a float and kind of gussied up for different reasons. And so we collaborated with our local community radio station, and we we dressed up as. Um, the soul train float which is our favorite float from the usual fourth of july parade which is like the kings and queens of soul who've been who've won those competitions at the biggest dance event in crested butte (laughs) every year um they all get on this float and there's really loud disco music and they are in fabulous disco costumery and they dance like crazy so we tried to do a bit of um conjuring of of soul train I, I wouldn't say we pulled it off with as much vigor as they do by any stretch but we had a pretty good time
0: that's awesome um that's really cool that sounds like a lot of fun under the circumstances uh making do and still enjoying a, a great day uh that was my birthday actually turned 46 oh really yeah it Aww,
1: happy late birthday wow,
0: it was a fun day it's always fun Always have a good time. Right.
1: There's always a party on your birthday.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you, that's. Uh, it, I feel very fortunate for that. I mean, I, when I was a little kid, I always thought, wow, this is really cool. Everybody's doing all this stuff for my birthday. But, um, you know, when I was, like, real long young, I thought the parade and everything was all about me. Uh, only kid syndrome, right? But <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's always a lot of fun and, uh, it, you know, just, just a little different this year. But um, I do remember hearing how cool it is there on July 4th, and that was kind of my, one of my um, – Takeaways when I stayed with you was that I, I'd like to get my family out there one year for July Fourth um, under different circumstances, but exactly. Um, so the okay, well, so you've had great weather, business is good. You mentioned outdoor seating. What? Tell me about that because that's been a really interesting localized issue in what different municipalities have done. And I feel for the folks that are in certain municipalities that have not really cooperated as much. It sounds like y'all have a good partnership there. When I was there, I mean, of course I was there in the winter, so but you, you know, the, it didn't seem there like there was would be a lot of room for outdoor seating. So what have y'all done to accommodate that?
1: Well, they basically turned our main street, like our big – avenue of downtown Main Street um, into one way and that uh, allowed them to put in a single lane for vehicles and a bike lane for bikes and um, it opened up a tremendous amount of space for businesses and so each business that chose to participate so some did not and they actually can have 15-minute parking or short-term parking out in front of their locations. Um, so it, it was really quite optional. Uh, we decided to participate, as did all most of our neighboring businesses. And so our street, you know, went from being a sea of cars everywhere to looking like La Rambla in Barcelona or whatever. Like, all these people really went hard into decorations and put out tables and umbrellas and beautiful flowers and, um, rail, you know, we, we created a railing system with barrels um, from our distillery and rope um, that really had this great kind of almost pirate ship feel to it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful and it's busy. So our seating is busy from the time we open pretty much until the time we close. So people love it clearly um and so yeah it's just i'm really proud of our municipality for what they've done because they definitely got some pushback from some um businesses that didn't like the idea didn't want change didn't want anything which is fine i think um but they came up with such a great hybrid model that seems to make everyone happy there's really no it hasn't been a huge issue with parking yes people have to walk a little further maybe but most people that come here love to walk around anyway a lot of people came here to walk and hike and mountain bike and um it'll all go away in the winter so nobody has to worry about plowing or snow storage and um and it's so vibrant like it's just Allowing tons of people to sit safely outdoors with social distance. So I could send you a picture. It's beautiful.
0: Please do. I want. I want to see it. That sounds so awesome to me. I'm so excited that y'all were able to come up with a solution like that. I'm curious. You mentioned people pushing back because they don't want change. But what? I mean, if you're a business, are you talking about business owners that push back or?
1: Yes, for sure. So, uh, very many, actually. Um, most, many of whom have decided to participate and now have really vibrant seating. Or, you know, we've seen different businesses collaborate side by side. That, you know, they're making each other's. They operate at different times, so they're expanding their seating even further by the breakfast and lunch joint seating in the same seating as the dinner place next door like it's so cool what what's happening but i would say you know like the the little tiny local liquor store on the main drag was not excited about it because you know people don't like to park and walk and pick up their you know case of wine and have to walk it back to their car i think they felt as though they would lose business um And then uh, some of the realty offices and some of the um, more retail-oriented spaces didn't feel that their customers would embrace it. And it's probably a little bit true. um, But at the same time, a lot of those places have put out lovely seating. And so there's, like, this public seating in front of those entities where people can come and sit on a, a nice bench and, you know, look at, street and they don't have to buy anything or or engage with a restaurant so even the people who were really opposed to it have ultimately embraced it and i think decided that it wasn't such a bad deal after all
0: that's so cool uh really good idea to have the one lane there was another um, owner i spoke to the other day in durham north carolina and actually they were trying to do that his idea was to block off you know i think oakland blocked off like Some like 75 square miles or something like that. I mean, they, they, you know, just completely blocked it off and made it all pedestrian. And this guy was, he and some other owners were trying to have the city of Durham just, you know, block off a a certain part of town, like the main uh, area of downtown, and they wouldn't do it. And then they said, well, how about we just do, you know, because they were worried about emergency responders. And they said, okay, well, why don't we just do one lane, you know, uh, one way, one lane. Emergency vehicles can get in if they need to. And uh, unfortunately, Durham did not pass that. So, you know, they got like two parallel parking spaces in front of their restaurant instead of, you know, it's just so it's really interesting to hear the way different cities and towns respond and um, try to work together. It only benefits Crusted Butte to, to come up with a good solution like that. It makes it easier for people to come there. It makes it easier for the community members to come out and. Like you said, the pedestrian feel for that is so it's different, but it's I bet people will grow to love that. They'll probably be kinda disappointed when it goes down in the winter. A lot of people believe me, I
1: think the entire town there are many business owners who will advocate for it to be a seasonal adaptation and we'll all be able to even make our spaces better because we'll be you know, many of us weren't willing to invest too much money in something that was gonna be like three, you know, three months at the most worth of, of investment. But I think if we could get it so that it was an ongoing thing, we could make it even better. But I think that, you know, I do recognize we've been very lucky with the weather. If it were a normal monsoon season where we had heavy rains for two to three hours every day at this time of year, I think it would feel pretty different and i'm i'm very aware that that's an issue um you know we had some wind yesterday that blew some people's umbrellas down um there would be some modifications that we would all have to think about i think for this to be a long-term plan but the alternative was to say no um and and for some of our smaller, like Crested Butte is just known for these little small operations. There are very few big restaurants. Very, really, almost no big restaurants actually. Yeah. Um, no big bars. They're all very hole in the wall style, and so for many of these business owners, it was it was survival. They're like, yeah. I, if I can't seat people outside to drink a beer i'm gonna die like my company my business is gonna die and so you know it's, it seems like such a small adaptation for a big benefit to those businesses and the fact that anybody would advocate against it felt so strange to me but you know i, I mean i had people there standing around me at this community, outdoor community meeting that were just so upset um, but in, but it's one thing I love about my community is that it doesn't typically get on that sort of bl- blowing with the wind kind of thing. It's like, what's possible? Let's do real surveys. Let's get real input from real people so that we're not just listening to the one squeaky wheel or letting one person who's really adamantly against it kill the kill the whole thing for everyone. So they do a really good process here, which I appreciate
0: yeah the loud vocal unyielding obstinate um, minority sometimes uh can sway things in a you know in a yeah, way that's I think detrimental. It
1: happens all the time
0: well okay, so uh your governor's done a good job your your town has done a good job are you are you able to sit anybody inside at a certain capacity or is it all outdoor?
1: We are allowed to seat indoors that are at fifty percent of capacity. Um, which you know we we have every possible table set up that we possibly can. Um, we're not allowed to seat anyone at the bar um, because both proximity to our staff working, but also um, it's that's been kind of a strange thing. It's like okay, we could. I think it's because people might tend to move bar stools around, so we can't seat anybody physically at the bar. Um, sorry about this backing up truck that's beeping. Yeah, no, no um, worries. But we are, um, yeah, we're able to seat people inside, but because the weather's been so gorgeous, people haven't wanted to. Um, so I'm, again, really aware that, like, if we were in a town where it was 96 degrees and humid, um, I don't know that we'd have the same ability to, to be adapting the way we are. Um Although, I, you know, I think we'd figure it out uh, just out of necessity. Um, but I do think that, um, yeah, we've it's been so great to just not have to seat people inside because our staff feels much more comfortable with it. We just, you know, most of our tourists here are from Texas and Arizona and Oklahoma and Florida and, you know, places that are incredibly on fire right now. And, and our town, as you know, was... We were on fire back before anybody else. So mid-March, um, we had our outbreak, and, and we had the highest case rate in America for quite a while until some other places overtook us. Um,
0: Did you get but it?
1: We hmm?
0: Did you get it? Did you have the virus?
1: It's somewhat questionable as to whether I got it. I'm not testing positive for it at this point, but my physician feels that it's highly likely that I did have it and, and that's been a story for a lot of people in this community. We've had um, people, you know, medevaced in helicopters to Grand Junction and Denver with issues that are so rare and so unusual in our community and, you know, they test negative for coronavirus and, and then later they test positive for antibodies. So mm-hmm. I definitely struggled for a period of time. I had a lot of sick staff and a lot of sick friends and um, but I never went down hard like some of the other people I knew. So who knows i I'm still acting as if I didn't have it because um, i don't I just don't know, but I'm also pretty sure I did because it just acted like nothing I've ever experienced before.
0: Yeah, I feel the same. I wonder I wonder if it was going around when I was out there. Um, it probably was because it was, I mean, we weren't really talking about it, but it was it was certainly probably there before we were really you know, completely dialed in, which is why Crested Butte became a hotspot because, you know, before you knew what was happening, it was spreading like crazy. I I think I had it. Um, I had bad, weird chest issues for like three or four days that I've never had in my entire life. Um, Yeah. But I tried to get tested and they, you know, they were like, hey, if you don't have a 102 degree fever and a cough, we can't test you um They'll, so
1: they'd probably test you for the antibodies at this point because it's been so long and then but then you have to make sure you test for the right antibodies and if it's negative you may not be getting a good result because some people who didn't get really sick with the illness never produced enough antibodies to be detectable um it's so like i i'm a i have a master's degree in epidemiology i don't know if i've ever told you that so i'm totally obsessed with the scientific data and information about this disease. Um, and I have done too much education of my brain about how this all works. And it's just fascinating what we don't know and what we, what people think they know and they don't know and, Hmm. um, how the antibodies work that we don't really have, um, antibodies, detectable for this illness yet that will keep us from getting it again next year. Uh, It's acting a lot like the common cold, only like worse than any common cold anybody's ever had. But we've never come up with a treatment or a cure for the common cold. Mm -hmm. Um, We just wait it out and that's kind of what we're seeing with this illness is that um, you have to produce the kind of antibodies that you do to chickenpox or to measles or mumps or rubella that will actually protect you against it for dur- an enduring period of time, and they're not necessarily seeing that happening here.
0: Jeez. thanks a lot. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Good news. Well, we're we're still. I mean, we're we're very. My wife has um has had severe asthma her whole life, so we're you know we're we're super. Careful. Um, Careful. Oh yeah. yeah, we barely. I mean, like we don't barely even go anywhere. Um, but.
1: But I think the good news out there is that they're finding other ways to treat people other than putting them on ventilators that are actually working much better to prevent mortality. Yeah. So I think we've learned a lot about how to actually treat the sickest of the sick, which is going to reduce the mortality rate from coronavirus.
0: And we'll continue to. I mean, I always I always believe, you know, look, we've got basically the whole world working on a problem. Uh, so I, I do believe that, you know, um, that there's a lot of smart people that are devoting their life to trying to figure this stuff out, and we'll just learn more and more every day. So long term, I'm optimistic. It's hard when you're in the middle of all this stuff, though. And it's hard, you know, for a lot of people, um, I'm, I'm so thankful for you and your team, because there's, there's been a lot of, you know, tough conversations I've had, too, with people over the last couple months that you know they've they didn't make it or they're just kind of like hey I've you know i've lost a lot of money and the ppp money's running out and if something changed we got problems so i'm real i'm real glad for y'all i'm real thankful that y'all are able to do well and um and it couldn't come to a more deserving group of people so um
1: well it may not last who knows you know i mean i think our cases in colorado are bumping up and um, it There's just so much That's unpredictable about this And if you were to ask me my real Feelings about the future I would probably say something crazy Like you know I think I think we're in for a lot of uh, A lot Of issues still to come yeah. That many of us Can't even fathom And I'm trying really hard To do some strategic planning for that Like the whole winter being shut down again etc. And I just, you know, it's, it's like, how do you prepare for that? There's, there's no way to know what the federal stimulus will look like, we might put our government out of business trying to Mm. support all these small businesses like ours. And so who knows, like, I'm, I have my really optimistic hopeful days. And I have my really concerned, deeply troubled, days when I think you know we're, we're going down in flames because we have such we have a kind of I think one of the things that's known in the world of epidemiology is that the best response of leadership is to tell the truth about what we know and tell the truth about what we don't know and talk about things with caveats like from what we've observed or this is anecdotal evidence or whatever and unfortunately um, I just think we have a, we have like a, we have a PR problem in this country, which is like, we're going to tell a raw raw story. We're going to try to, you know, hope for the best case scenario. And actually what, what will preserve our livelihood the best is being really upfront and really tr- just based in truth about what, what we're doing. Um, that will actually get us through better than telling any sort of like party line story.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's weird how it's gotten, it's turned into such a political thing. We need to pull together as a country, and um, the the way it's come, the way it's gone down, it's just been. It's you're right. It's very unfortunate. Um, yeah. Um. Well. Well, so winter time there, um. You. You could shut down, yeah, could shut down. Um, but you know that they're going to take down the outdoor, um, so then you'll be at, at best, 50% capacity probably, is that?
1: If that, I mean, one of the things that they feel they do really know is that this disease is that its most communicable in small spaces between people who are... Um, in warm environments, without great air circulation. Um, And, you know, I don't know that I would feel comfortable staying open for the sake of my staff, even with social distance, even masked up. You know, what we have to do to stay warm at 9,000 feet in the mountains of Colorado on a snowy, cold winter, it just doesn't feel like a safe environment to Mm. me. Um, So if we end up in another pandemic resurgence through the winter and it overlays over the flu and things like that, I think And we don't have an ICU in this valley. Mm. Um, We only have two ventilators in the entire valley that I live in. So if people get really sick, they have to be evacuated to other communities to use their hospitals, which can get problematic uh, and quickly fill up and get overwhelmed and be hard on families especially families with children and so we have and also I believe in the next wave we'll have a lot of second homeowners who waited this out in their you know high-rise condo in Dallas or in you know Oklahoma City or whatever I I believe that they will will come here to their second home to go through another shutdown because then they can ski and hike and snowshoe and uh, we're just yeah, there are a lot of unknowns to what could happen if it all circles back in the winter.
0: Hmm. Need a vaccine. <laughs> uh, God. Well, hard to think about all this stuff. I mean, how do you plan strategically for that? And I guess that brings the question of your wholesale side of your business up.
1: Right. So for me, I mean I've always felt really strongly, this is not a new thing for me, but I've always felt really strongly about having a business that was diversified mm. and in my case having multiple businesses that were diversified um so that no one thing takes all the hit. So I know in the in the restaurant world, you know, some of my closest friends in this business um they've opened eight or nine bars in different markets or they've opened you know seven or eight restaurants in different markets or even five or six restaurants in one market um and that is going to be so hard if we keep doing the surging um but for me one of the things that i have is this alcohol brand and i can um i can make alcohol and we know this about society that you know people drink no matter what's wrong, <laughs> no matter whether things are fabulous or whether it's the worst day ever and so um, I actually because I'm a small brand and I don't have the ability to fight off big companies like Bacardi for shelf space and liquor stores um, I've worked really hard over the last three years to create innovative ways for customers to get access to the rum so on online, through mail order, through, um, you know, through d- delivery, just online platforms in general, and that turned out to really come back to serve us, because um, when everything shut down except the liquor stores and pot shops in Colorado, people could still get my, my rum, and so our, our on-premise sales, which are the bars and restaurants, dropped to almost zero for a period of time. But our off-premise sales, which is to um, liquor stores and, you know, brick and mortar as well as online retailers, just went through the roof and kind of balanced each other out. So I was glad I had invested as much time and energy as I had cultivating online and delivery. And I think that's going to really save a lot of small businesses in the bar and restaurant world is these Liberalizing of rules around being able to do to-go cocktails and um, bottled cocktails and, you know, really good food in, in to-go situations. And so for people in bigger urban areas, that's a huge benefit to them that mm. I won't have. I, I have like 2,500 people that could at any given time come and get a, you know, to-go cocktail from me in the winter. Um, I mean, unless tourism or the ski area is still open then it's all up for reconsideration but um yeah so i mean i think some of this innovation that i've seen is just so impressive uh which is um people getting really excited about bottling up interesting cocktails and you know P- pushing them out through a window that didn't ever, never got used as a yep. to go window or, you know, I've just seen such cool stuff that people are doing.
0: Yeah. I love, I love that. We, uh, we can't do that here, which is really unfortunate. I feel so much for the folks here in North Carolina that, you know, we've got this antiquated ABC system and they can't sell to go liquor, uh, nor can you ship your liquor to me. I can't, you know, I can't get it. Um, which sucks, right. but... Which get- maybe
1: that's... This is an example of a time when people are going to have a really strong case against, you know, uh, th- those liquor control rules came out of a very different era. And it's one of the things I've loved about living in Colorado. That was pretty much the first order my governor signed after he uh, put into place some, you know, social distancing and mask-wearing rules was he, he said to-go cocktails are okay out of bars and restaurants. He said distilleries can, you know, do all kinds of innovative things. And um, I'm, I was really thankful that he had that flexibility. Mm-hmm. But there are rules and regulations dropping like flies right now. Um, certain states like Virginia being able to, for the first time, ship direct to consumer which uh, we, you know, Virginia's never let a distillery there ship direct to their consumers. So I think we're going to see in a in an ideal world some real innovation around um, how people get access to alcoholic beverages in our country and even to go food.
0: Oh, for sure, absolutely. There's been tons of that, and it's it has been very cool to see and. Um, People, I bet people are drinking a lot more than they they may have before. You said they always they, they'll drink no matter what, but I know I have not to a fault. But I mean, you know, I I kind of need to drink about every day now, and I, I never really, I didn't really drink a whole lot before. But damn, um, just to take the edge off. Uh, can you ship to South Carolina, Karen? Do you know?
1: Uh, I don't believe so yeah I mean I can't ship anywhere personally I I can't ship to a single consumer which we're working on those rules both at the federal level and at the state levels um, through some various different organizations that I collaborate with but um, yeah I mean it's really not about my rules it's more about each state has different rules and some states have rules that are different by county Um, so we haven't we don't have a single set of systems that works for any one place. And so for for me as a distillery owner, I just, I'm i in a state where we don't have that ability. However, wineries and breweries do. So we're actually advocating for, you know, what they call parity, where if one alcohol company can do it, we all should be able to do
0: it. Oh, wineries and breweries can ship uh, direct yep. to cons- Oh, really? Interesting. I know. Um, Huh, and you can't. Okay, well, I hope y'all get that pass. That would be a cool thing. Um, yeah, I would. I need to order some of. Uh, I need to order some of Dave's beer. The Post, the Post Chicken and Beer. Have you been to his one of those pla One of his. That's Dave Query, Have you been to one of the his uh, Post locations? Which
1: location? It's Sorry. Called, I, no, it's called the Post Chicken and I, Beer. Of course, I go to. Jack's Fish House, and yeah. I definitely, yeah, I just am not sure which one specifically you're speaking
0: of. Yeah, the Post Chicken and Beer is a concept they rolled out. It's been probably three or four years, I don't know, they've got several locations now, but they brew their own beer, uh, and it's it's basically the concept is, you know, really good fried chicken and um, in beer. Um, oh, nice. I
1: have
0: not been there. Um, I, I wonder, I, I haven't talked to Dave in a little while, I know he's had just... I don't know how he's managing through he's got like 13 restaurants um you know like you said i mean he's got 13 restaurants They're in a lot of different cities one in, one in kansas city uh different concepts different models good grief um well hmm man well karen i gotta tell you i don't know when i'll be able to get back out there but i had such a great time out there i loved being there i loved hanging out with you all um and I love your town. I think it would be a wonderful place to be. Uh, obviously, I love the winter for the skiing, but summer would be awesome too. So I'm looking forward to a time when we are, whether we're we're wearing masks or not ma- wearing masks or whatever, that that uh, well, gosh, that we just feel safe to travel again. I mean, I don't I, right, okay.
1: right. Our our expectations have have you know become much more just. I don't know, modest, I guess you could say. I mean, I think about it all the time, what my life was like in mm-hmm. in January and February of 2020 and the fall of 2019, where I was on the road half the time. I was, you know, overseas and in New York and L.A. and just like constant motion. And I basically haven't left my region, my small region, and only then by car, um in you know since since the 9th of March and it's just so so interesting to me how quickly that all happened and how um long it how far away it seems for it to get back to normal so Mm. I don't know I don't know how I feel about all of it I I I miss my old lifestyle of you know the rum the rum world but I also really love being home and Mm -hmm. um you know, my kids were not home through most of it, but my younger son is now home uh, and has been with us for almost a month, which has been so great. So I'm just, you know, getting unexpected time to I built a house and moved into it since I, you know, uh, since I talked to you last. So, I mean, I, it was in progress when we yeah, met I up in February, that. but I was able to be much more engaged in my Building of this little sustainable house in Crested Butte, thirteen hundred square feet. So I felt very blessed to be able to make a lot more decisions in person. For that.
0: Well, there's been some unex- unexpected positives for sure that have come come with this. I've, I mean, we've, I have a family of five. We've had plenty of time together. Uh, we we probably actually all could could use a slight break every now and again. But I mean, we're, it's just been so nice. We we've connected a lot more than we ever had and. The forced slowdown has been good in some ways, not for a good reason, but um, there have been some benefits. But um, Well, listen, I'll I'll let you roll. Tell everybody hello for me. Y'all take care. Stay safe. If you need anything, you know where we are. And uh, please do send me a picture. I'd love to see the downtown uh, as it is now. Sounds awesome.
1: Awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much for the the conversation. And I hope... All is well for you and your family, and I look forward to staying in touch.
0: We'll do it again. All right. See you, Karen. Okay. Right. Take care. Bye.
1: Bye.